Greetings, everybody on Facebook Live and everybody joining us on the podcast, The Deep End. We are so glad that you are here with us. Today, we are talking about law, lust, and disorder in the church. This is The Deep End. The Deep End Podcast. Welcome to The Deep End Podcast, brought to you by Waters Church in North Attleboro, Massachusetts. The Deep End is where we go deeper in the scriptures to empower our walk with God. If you're watching on Facebook Live, we're glad you joined us, and we encourage you to be a part of the conversation in the comments below. If you're listening in on SoundCloud or your podcast app, be sure to stay connected with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Let's go live to Pastor Tim Hatch as we get started with today's podcast. This is The Deep End. Welcome back in, everybody. So glad that you have joined us. And if you are on Facebook Live, please let us know where you are watching and listening from in the comments section. My name is Tim. I'm the host here at the Deep End Podcast, also pastor of Waters Church in North Attleboro. Joined in the studio this week, would you welcome in Chris McEwen, our pastoral care director, and one of our worship directors, Josh Daigle. Hey. And you will notice that everybody here in the uh, studio is wearing an ugly sweater. Hey, yeah. I beg to differ. Mine's very Everybody's pretty. got an ugly sweater <laughs> right here. All right. There, yep, there it is. Michael and Bria have them too. Michael and Bria even have them. And uh, this is Ugly Sweater Day in the offices at Water Church. And so we had to wear them for the podcast. Yes. And you also, Chris, have gone the extra mile with an ugly hat. Okay, well, yeah, I kind of like this hat. Ugly but Christmas if you hat. say it's ugly, yes. It's, it's ugly. <laughs> oh, I don't mean ugly to say hat. it's ugly. Actually, mm-hmm. it's quite beautiful. I, I, think, the, I think I get it from ears. your wife. So. The ears like match the skin tone of your face perfectly. So. Yeah, they are my ears, Dago. Thank you very much. Okay, Dago, you have some cotton balls sewn in. To yeah, your um, sweater there. Really demented snowman. That's quite mm. the uh, it, ugly sweater. He has a Squidward's nose. <laughs> Squidward. <laughs> well, this is quite the um, fashion statement mm, of uh, yes. Waters Church. I hope you are all taking notes. Uh, I hope you do the ugly sweater thing in your offices. It's pretty fun, and uh, <laughs> I think it's pretty cool. Cool. Yeah. It brings a lot of festivity to the season. Yeah, it's fun. Fools for Jesus. Fools for Jesus, yeah. <laughs> so let's put that graphic up, Michael. This is our topic today, law, lust, and disorder in the church. <laughs> I love it. Any law and order fans out there? Yes. In the criminal justice system, the people are represented by two separate yet equally important groups, the police who investigate crime. All right. So anyway, we're going to be talking about that in a little bit. We're going to talk about announcements first, but we also want to get right to, uh, for those of you who log on early, there's a little bit of an incentive to log on right away at the start of the podcast every week from now on. And that is that we're going to get right to the trivia question. And every week we give something away in the podcast on the Facebook Live. So if you are on the Facebook Live peep, uh, Facebook Live event there and you're ready to comment, be ready to comment and give us the answer to the trivia question today. The trivia question has to do with Law & Order. Law & Order is a TV show, one of the longest running detective TV shows of all time. Is it still on? No, it's not on. Uh, not the original one. Oh, it was like I a bunch of other spin-offs. Ones. Yeah. So anyway, uh, that starred for many, many years, a guy by the name of Jerry Orbach. I mm. used to love this actor. He was very talented. And uh, just a great, great, great uh, actor with a lot of um, credits to his name. He starred uh, Detective Lenny Briscoe for, I think, 14 seasons wow, until his wow. death. Wow. Um, but he also starred in a classic 1980s movie. Mm-hmm. And he uttered one of the famous movie lines of history. And this is the trivia question. The famous line. Okay. Well, actually, wait. Let me first tell you what you're going to win. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. exciting. This is exciting. Yeah. yeah. The, the winner of this trivia question. You got to answer it in the comments. We'll win this ugly <laughs> Christmas sweater. <laughs> Even when he's not here, he's representing. He has, he, he has no voice today, so he's not on the podcast. Nope. But uh, yes, as you see, executive pastor Shane Parsons has a uh, DJ Jesus party like it's my birthday <laughs> Christmas sweater. Mm. And uh, I was thinking about that. Don't you think that Jesus would make a great DJ? Oh, definitely. I mean, he knows how to spin planets. Oh, oh, tell me a, I didn't think about that one before. That was a pastor joke. Yeah. yeah. If you can spin planets, you can spin records. That's yeah. all I'm saying. I hope so. Okay. Anyway, that's the prize. <laughs> so Jerry Orbach starred Lenny Briscoe, uh, act, uh, portrayed Lenny Briscoe in Law and Order for many, many years. He uttered a famous movie line. If you can name the movie from which this famous line comes from, the first one to name the movie wins that ugly sweater from Shane Parsons. Uh, this Sunday, pick it up this weekend at Info Central. The famous line was, nobody puts baby in a corner. 
Go. I I I guess no, no, five seconds yeah, before somebody's gonna get it. Don't you guys say it. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, just, keep, I'm keeping an eye on the comments. Quick. See the first one who uh, it's gonna be quick. It should be quick. Four. I mean, it's one of the three. It's one of the oh, I think we got one. It's gotta got be. What do you got? Okay, let me just maybe do you know? Do you know what it yeah. is? Because Chris yeah. knows the answer. That's that's correct, right? Where uh, Dirty Dancing. Dirty Dancing. Who is it to Crystal? Crystal Hoyt. Crystal Hoyt. There you go. Pick up your ugly Christmas sweater. Yes. Signed and autographed by Executive Shane Parson. <laughs> uh, washed first, hopefully. You know. Washed, washed, yes. It washed, will be washed. Clean, dry cleaned. Yep. Yeah, I yeah. think that would be uh, fair of, of uh, Executive Pastor Shane Parsons. And wear it to church. <laughs> yep. All right, let's get into some news and updates with the church. Mm. Uh, Chris McEwen, uh, pastoral care director. If you ever want to get baptized, if you ever want to find counseling, some kind of Christian help, uh, just talk to somebody. This is the guy. Uh, we value what Chris does here in the offices of Waters Church. And so, uh, Chris, why don't you give us the updates and the announcements at Waters Church? Sure. Well, uh, as you mentioned, baptisms. It's baptism weekend coming up Ooh, this weekend. Yeah. We have nine baptisms this weekend. So yeah. I'm really you know, excited about that. You know what that calls for? That calls for a boom, boom. All right. All right. <laughs> Yeah, we're going to have three birth service, so come out. If you haven't been to Water Church in a while, maybe you're watching online, it's going to be a great weekend, hopefully, for that, baptisms. Love baptisms. And then uh, Christmas weekend, following weekend. Yes. In case you were misled or don't know, we're having a regular service time. So Saturday the 23rd yeah. is going to be 4 p.m. as regular. We've Sunday changed. the 24th, uh, Christmas Eve, is going to be at 9.30 and 11.30. Regular service times. And you want to come out. We have so much going on. We're going to have horse and buggy rides. Hot cocoa bar. There's going to be an, a picture opportunity with Santa Claus. I think we're doing like a lumberjack, lumberjack Santa. Santa, which is yes. kind of cool Ooh. and unique. And we also have a live nativity scene with a petting zoo. So tons of animals there Man. for the kids. So really, it's a great opportunity to invite people that wouldn't normally come to service. Yeah. You know? So be fun. that's why we do it. Every year, Christmas gets better at Water Church. I yes. think so. I think so. Yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. And, and it's just uh, a great event to, to bring somebody. So as you can right. see there, invite somebody to Christmas Eve services with you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All of our services, too, not just uh, here in North Attleboro. Milford and Woonsocket will have their regular service times at 1030 at their locations. And uh, speaking of Milford, uh, Josh Daigle here in the studio with us today is the worship director of the Milford campus. So sure. I wanted to actually give you an opportunity to just give us a heads up uh, update on what's going on in Milford. Um, I was there with you guys on Saturday morning. We baptized yep. two people. Mm. Yeah, that was awesome. We uh, we baptized two people um, one of whom was a guy who's been saved like his whole life. Another one was someone who had actually been to Waters Church on opening weekend. Yeah. So that was that was amazing. Um, our Christmas service is actually going to be at the Crystal Room in Milford. It's not going to be at the school. Right. And then uh, Woonsocket Normal is uh, at the school, I believe. Yes. And those campuses have been going amazing. We've been doing so much. Um, I got the chance to go to Woonsocket this past weekend for the first time. And it was, it was just incredible. So much has um, been going on. So much has been happening. And um, kind of in that vein, uh, I feel like a, a common misconception with all the campuses and including North Attleboro is that people come and they see how awesome it is. So they think that um, so they think that we're good, that we don't that we don't want them to get involved. That Like we got everything taken care of. But yeah. I, the that's volunteers, definitely, the worship yeah, exactly. team, yeah. especially worship team, especially yeah. worship team. They come and they see how awesome the music is. And, and you know, the weekend is, is largely made possible by volunteers. So right. the more we have, the better. So if so, you're saying uh, we could um, use. There's more, always opportunity for more people to step up and join the worship team. For, for more people to to get involved. For I feel like there's so many musicians who just kind of come week after week, and they think that we're good. But we love nothing more than when new people yeah. get yeah. involved, when new people join the team. Like that's that makes us happier than anything. So absolutely. So step up and serve. Yeah. At if, you, if you come on the weekend to any campus, yeah. get involved. Yeah. How if, would I if I go to the uh, service up in Milford or in Woonsocket? How would I get involved in the worship team? Mm. So come talk to me. Come talk to Info Central. Um, mm -hmm. They will direct you to the audition page on the website, mm. where you just submit a simple video along with an application, and then we meet up with you. It's it's really simple, and uh, it's 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 pretty foolproof. So if you yeah. can if you can use an iPhone, then you know you can you can audition and you can. Hopefully, join the team. We'd love to. Yeah. We'd love to have you. Awesome. Great, very good. No, no Simon Cowell there. No, no that, Simon that Cowell. Yeah. No, no, no X button. You know no X button. Right? Yeah. No X button. Well, yeah. sometimes X button. There might be a. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there might be one of those. <laughs> <Yeah>. But <laughs> nah, it's exciting. Good. Yeah. So join a team. Join yeah, we'd love church. to have you. Get involved. Yes. Use your skills, man. Use your gifts. To, yeah. to but I was up there God. in Milford on Saturday. This yeah. is so cool that we had that uh, kind of like just impromptu service around yeah. the baptisms at mm -hmm. the community pool at the uh, condominium complex. Right. It was uh, just a powerful moment. Felt the Holy Spirit like really 
strong in yeah. that room. And mm-hmm. there's pictures up there on our Facebook page. You can scroll down and look at them. Um, I just thought, you know, that's the that's one of the gifts of being a smaller church. You can just up and move and right, have yeah. a service. And you and Josh Pereira were leading worship, and it just yeah. felt like the power of the Holy Spirit was there. The church was just being the church, and it mm. was just so natural. Yeah. No lights, no smoke, no, no you know big effects and big screens, and the Holy Spirit showed up, and people's lives were touched, and then to witness those two baptisms was so powerful. Yeah, yeah that's great. What, what was cool was that almost exactly a year ago from when we baptized people on Saturday, we had been sitting in that same building, in that same right. spot, saying... In, in, in one year, we're going to be baptizing people. Yeah. We know it. So then, wow. like, literally exactly yeah. almost a year later, yeah. we were actually doing it. it was, in that it was, room, we had church. Yes, in the room, we had church. That is it, so awesome. It was wow. amazing. It was, like, surreal. Yeah, and it wasn't planned. There no. Were, the services weren't supposed to happen that, there that yeah. day. That's and great. it's so important to say, like, those are churches. They're not just campuses. They're yeah. churches. Yeah. yeah. They're churches in Milford. The churches in Woonsocket. This mm-hmm. is not, oh, it's just, you know, kind of church. It is yeah. church. No. It's well, and you always say church is in the building. It's the That's people. Right. So the people can go anywhere and be church. And if you're in Milford or Woonsocket, come and visit one of those two campuses. Yeah. Uh, and even on the Christmas services, I'm telling you, it's going to be great. They're going to do some great things mm-hmm. for those campuses as well. Not just here at North Outerboro. Very exciting things, things yeah. happening. Yeah, definitely. Let's get into the word. All right, guys. First uh, yep. Corinthians chapter six. We're going to talk about this topic of law, lust, and disorder in the church of Corinth. And this is one of those passages where I am so thankful that this passage is in the New Testament because it helps me feel a heck of a lot better about the state of the church today. Because the church, the church in the New Testament was jacked up jacked up any questions and any comments please ask them in the comment section on the facebook live event we'd love to answer questions but let me read it and then we'll get into it here's what paul says first one of first corinthians chapter six he says when one of you has a grievance against another and he's talking about the church there does he there does he dare go to law before unrighteous before the unrighteous instead of the saints or do you not know that the saints will judge the world and if the world is to be judged by the saints Are you not competent to try try trivial cases? Do you not know that we are to judge angels? How much more than matters pertaining to this life? So if you have such cases, why do you lay them before those who have no standing in the church? I say this to your shame. Can it be that there is no one among you wise enough to settle a dispute between brothers? But brother goes to law against brother, and that before unbelievers. To have lawsuits at all with one another is already a defeat for you. Why not rather suffer wrong? Why not rather be defrauded? But you wrong and defraud even your own brothers. And then verse 9. Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral or the idolaters or adulterers or men who practice homosexuality or thieves or greedy or drunkards or revilers or swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. That's the text. Amen. Well, this is again one of those passages that I'm like, thank you that the first Corinthian, that the church in Corinth in, fir- in the first century was so messed up. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are taking each other to court. They are suing each other. They are doing, you know, just on top of everything else that was problematic in the first century church of Corinth. They were also defrauding one another, ripping people, ripping each other off. Mm. And when you read the Bible, when you read the New Testament letters, especially, you have to ask this question: What are we learning about God and the church in this passage? What are we learning about God and the church? And so Paul, he's really upset. He said, look, I can't believe this. You guys have disputes amongst yourselves and you're taking each other to court and the courts that you're taking each other to are led by unbelievers. And you can't find a believer, somebody who's filled with the Holy Spirit of God who will solve this matter for mm-hmm. you. And so um, I want to just remind you about something pertaining to this passage before we get into it. Because if you remember from two weeks ago in the podcast, we talked about 1 Corinthians chapter 5 which was about the guy who was sleeping with his stepmother. And Paul says, look, you got to expel this man from among you, purge the evil from among you. You have to do what's right. And so then he shifts radical gears here from that issue of the man in sexual immorality with his mother's, with his stepmother to lawsuits. And then after this passage in first Corinthians chapter six, he's going to get back into sexual morality for a long time for the next one and a half chapters. And the question is, what is this lawsuit deal? that he covers here in chapter six have to do with sexual immorality. Like why not just stay in that stream mm. and then go into the issue of the lawsuits? Well, uh, I want to explain that. Uh, and it's because there is a tie in here between the sexual immorality problem of the first century Corinth, Corinthian church 
and the litigation or the lawsuit and defrauding each other problem of the first century church in Corinth. And that is that both are what I like to call a matter of demanding rights. Demanding rights. Now, if there is anything that we can say about our culture currently in today's, you know, social climate, it is everybody is demanding their rights. Me too. Me too. Yeah, Yeah. me too. Me too. But, um, you know, all everybody wants their rights to be recognized. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so politically, we uh, get polarized because people are in the I need my rights business. And so I think about this. When it comes to law, law uh, suing each other, suing others, that's a matter of personal property, financial issues, money, cash, you know, hey, you owe me, so mm-hmm. I'm going to take you to court, you're going to settle, settle this out, you're going to pay me what you owe me. Mm-hmm. And then sexual morality is a, is a hey, I want to do what I want to do with my body. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, this is amazing, because here you got these two branches, what I call, I call them two branches off of the same tree. And the tree, the root of the tree is human lust. Okay, that's why it's law, lust, and disorder. Yeah. Human lust is not always just a sexual issue. Lust is just an uh, unmitigated desire. Okay. It's, a, it's an exaggerated, you know, uh, crave of the human heart, craving mm-hmm. of the human heart. And so these two areas, uh, money and sexual morality. I want what I deserve. Don't get in the way of my good life. And, I, and if you do, I'll take you to court and I'll sue you. Or sexual morality, I want to do whatever I want with my body. It's amazing how. Our political system is divided along those two branches, is it not? It's true. Because the Democrats, okay, just picking on the Democrats for a moment, they say, yeah, it's your body, do whatever you want with it. You know, you have the right to marry whoever you want, sleep with whoever you want, change your sex if you want to. And the Democratic Party is absolutely uh, hook, line, and sinker onto that issue with the culture at large. Right. But then on the other side, Republicans, you're not not innocent either Mm -hmm. because you're all about, it's my money. It's okay. my stuff. Yeah. Gotcha. And, yeah. and even Republicans, I hear this from Republicans. They say taxation is theft. Really? Yeah. <laughs> taxation is theft? Like, do you drive on public roads? Do you have a military protecting your borders right, right. now? I mean, yeah. um, I don't think it's theft if we're paying for services that we all benefit from. Yeah. But anyway, that's the two streams of the human heart expressed in political polarization in America right now. It's so amazing. And here we have right here in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Yep. Paul takes on those two streams because both streams, sexual morality and personal property rights, are a matter of lust. Mm-hmm. They are rooted in our lust. We want what we want, and woe to the person who gets in our way. Right, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. all the time. And, and so what do you get when you have a culture where everybody is concerned about their own rights, what they deserve, what they think should be theirs? What do you get? You get uh, factions. You get, you know— Polarization. Mm-hmm. You people are saying this all the time. This country seems more divided than ever. Right. Of course it is. Yeah. Because we're all serving our own lusts. Right. And we're everyone's all, different. Yeah. We're all so we're all so consumed with what we think we should have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it becomes a community problem because and, and most people don't get this. To live in community with anybody or any group of people, and to continue to live in community with any group of people. The individual's rights have got to be submitted to the benefits of the community. Sure. Now, that is a philosophical statement, but let me just explain it to you. For instance, if two people want to get married and they want to have a marriage that lasts, both people, both individuals have to say no to their individual rights and desires Mm -hmm. for the benefit of the marriage. Right. Yeah. Yeah. When you go to an altar and you get married to somebody, you are saying yes to that person. You're also saying a thousand different no's. Because you're saying to everybody else, no, I will not do this for you right. because they're That's first. I, so from my marriage to be great, I have to say a bunch of no's to a whole bunch of other people because my marriage is more important than those people. Mm-hmm. But marriage is just a, a microcosm of community. Mm-hmm. And this can be on a large scale. Uh, any town, any, any neighborhood, you, to, to live at peace with people, to live in community, which we are made to do, all right? It requires you saying no to self continually. Right, yeah. I cannot make my rights the number one issue of this community. Right. I have to say, look, I am not a, an island unto myself. I am not just my own God. I am not the creator of my own universe. Mm-hmm. I have to consider others. Right. I have to live in harmony with people who are different than me. And I have to learn how to get along. And so in order to get along, I have to be able to say, you know what? What, what I want right now is not as important as our relationship. Right. And so this transmits 
into our financial uh, life. This transmits into our uh, sexual life. This transmits into all kinds of areas yeah. of our lives. Where for, for true community to happen, we have to agree to lay down our individual rights for the common good. So why is America so polarized? America is so polarized because everybody wants their stinking rights recognized. Yeah. yeah. Financially and sexually. And you can't continue to live like this, America. I'm begging you to understand this. Christianity and Christians in the church, you have a golden opportunity here to show the world what better community looks like. You have a golden opportunity to be like, this is what loving one another actually looks like. Right, yeah. It is not, it is my body and it is my choice and I will do whatever I want with it. Yeah. And it is not, it is my money and taxation is theft and shame on you for getting in my way about the good, for, of, the, of my good life. No, it is, wait a second. I think I need relationships in my life. I need people in my life. And to have people in my life, I have to be able to say no to myself right, on yeah. many occasions. Make some concessions. So anyway, let's take this passage and pull it apart because what Paul does to kind of, you know, um, correct the Corinthian church is he basically teaches them about the church. He teaches them, what does it mean to be the body of Christ? Mm. So let's take a look at this first verse. Uh, First verse of chapter six, he says, when one of you has a grievance against another, does he dare take it to law? In other words, you go to the courts. And then he says, before the unrighteous judges and the unrighteous juries. And and, and you do that instead of going to the saints. He says, brother goes to law against brother and and that before unbelievers. To have lawsuits at all with one another is already a defeat for you. Okay, um, first off. Christians will have disagreements. Of course. Definitely. Humans. <laughs> oh, I can't believe that this church, you know, that person said that to me or they said that. Like, are you crazy? Yeah. yeah. Who, who told you that the church was some kind of utopian environment? <laughs> A bunch of perfect people. <laughs> yeah, it is not. No. It is filled with people. People mm. who will disagree. People who will see, you know, oddly with each other. They will not agree about everything. We are not automatons that are like kind of cookie cuttered out of the Holy Spirit into the exact same person. Yeah, yeah. thank God for that. And thank God for that, exactly. Mm. We're different to the glory of Jesus. Amen. Some of us are hands, some of us are feet, some of us are noses, some of us are mouths, blah, 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 blah. Right. And so we have to realize, though, that those differences can be resolved. If you've left a church over one little difference between you and a brother, man, I, why would you do that? Like, yeah. why not rather seek reconciliation? Right, yeah. which we're taught, yeah. You know, why not go up and talk to them? Why not actually try to make the relationship work? How many Christians jump out of churches just because one person offended them or they didn't agree with one thing the pastor was doing or they didn't agree with one thing the church was saying or believing or do, and we just, we cut off the community Yeah, yeah. for the sake of our rights Okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we're lo- and then we're lonely, and then we have no Christian brothers and sisters. Why? Because we cut everybody off that disagrees with us. Yeah, yeah. Christians will disagree. We have to get over our disagreements, and we have to agree about the most important thing, which is that Jesus died for our sins. Amen. Yeah. Now yeah. I I can't, and you guys know this, right? We can't agree with a Christian who doesn't agree with the fact that Jesus died for our sins. Yeah. Well, are, is that a Christian? It's not really a Christian, okay. but they'll call themselves Christians. Wow, okay. Right? Yeah. You, you can't agree with those kind of people, the Orthodox Christian doctrines of the faith, that your sins needed to be atoned for through the blood sacrifice of Jesus, of Jesus, God's only begotten Son. That's Orthodox Christian faith. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the divinity of Jesus, Orthodox Christian faith. Mm-hmm. So you got to agree about the main things. But the minor things, even Paul says, it's trivial disagreements you're right. disputing about. Yeah. It's trivial things you're going to law about. And so... What you see here in Corinth is um, one-upsmanship with these lawsuits. The reason why some Christians in Corinth were taking other Christians to court in Corinth was because they wanted to prove they were better or more important than the other person. They wanted to win. Yeah, because I read this about about the the Corinthian uh, city there in the first century. Uh, Civil litigation was like a hobby of the cultural elites. Mm. So they would actually just take people to court because... They could. Right. Yeah. Nothing to do fun. today. Let me yeah. sue somebody. They're like, Donald Trump, I'm going to sue you. <laughs> you know, whatever. <laughs> whatever. They're going to sue you, but just for the sake of suing you. And it's like, okay, well, listen, um, we can't reflect the nature of our community or our culture completely as Christians. Right. Yeah. And so Paul's going to take on this, this uh, litigation issue in Corinth by, again, telling them this is what the church is. And so he gives us four points about what the church is. I want to give them to you. Number one, the church, and this is a very simple point, but the church is called to be distinct from the world. All right? The church is called to be different than the world. Christian, what we do gets noticed by people who are not Christian. 
So when you have arguments and disputations with people who are in the church, when you're when you're angry and mad at the church, mm-hmm. when you say nasty things about your brothers and sisters in Christ outside of the church, unbelievers are watching, yeah. and when they see it, they're saying, "You're no different than us." Right. Let you, your light shine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, who makes you any different than us? You you are just as nasty. You are just as you know, uh, disputing, you are just as angry at everybody else in your life. And there is no Christian testimony there. Mm-hmm. And this brings the name of Jesus into disrepute. Right. This brings the gospel into disrepute because the gospel should change our hearts and how we see one another. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so uh, one thing too, that you have to understand too, is that Paul is not saying that it is always wrong for Christians to ever use their legal rights. Sure. To defend themselves. Right. Yeah. Paul does this on several occasions in Acts chapter 22 through 25. He's always like saying, hey, you can't whip a Roman you know, citizen. Yeah. You know, remember that in Acts yep. chapter 22. Mm-hmm. And another time he like he appeals to Caesar. Right. And that spares his life. Yep. And so he's using the law for his advantages so they can stay alive. Right. Mm-hmm. And the Christian should also use the law where necessary to, you know, defend themselves and so on and so forth. There's this big case at the Supreme Court right now. I don't know if you guys heard about this. Uh, Christian Baker. There's oh Christian yeah, Baker. Oh yeah, in Colorado, he's uh, yeah, yeah. I guess way back in 2012. This is how long this stuff goes on. Yeah, for. in 2012, he refused to bake a wedding cake for a gay couple, and the reason why because he didn't want to sanctify the gay marriage because he was a Christian. He would do another. He'd do anything else, just not the wedding yeah. cake. Yeah, yeah. This is good for discussion actually because yeah. I, I want to talk about it because yeah. it is something like what what is the Christian response here? How should a Christian respond when asked to do something that might be seem violating to to violate their faith. Right. And so he sees this uh, baking a baking a wedding cake for a gay couple's wedding uh, as an infringement of his religion. Mm. Now, personally, to me, it's sugar and flour. It's a cake. You know, bake the stinking cake. Yeah. Who yeah, cares? It's a cake. <laughs> yeah. But to him, I guess he does a lot of like design work on it and he mm-hmm. makes it really special. And so while he would sell anything to anybody ever, right. you know, he doesn't want to create this big thing that would represent some kind of gay marriage deal, which sure. then I can understand. Yeah. All right. I understand. He doesn't want to like look like he's saying, you know, hey, I, I sanctify this relationship sure yeah Yeah, it's a difficult case yeah it's really there's no easy answer i go even when i think about it i go back and forth because i'm like should he bake the cake but if if they make him bake the cake then what does that you know slippery slope here what's next what's next yeah what do they make christians do that they're not comfortable with doing later on Mm -hmm. in regards to homosexual marriage because there's so many christians including our church that does not agree with homosexual marriage Mm -hmm. will not perform homosexual marriages um but we have to learn how to get along with our non-believing neighbors sure and some of them might be homosexuals who want to get married Yeah. yeah And so if you're taking pictures and if you're doing dresses and tuxedos and all that stuff and you're a Christian. Right. That's good. I mean, where does it end? Yeah. Yeah. So there's two slippery slope possibilities here. There's a slippery slope of what does the government start telling Christians to do? Mm -hmm. But then what do Christians start not doing for their unbelieving neighbors? Yeah. Because they're Christians. So it's like give and take. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not an easy answer. And so anyway, this is it's at the Supreme Court. Pray that God's wisdom will fill the Supreme Court justices. I, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I'd love to say, yeah, he should be able to refuse, and I'd also love to say, well, he's a you know, you're a Christian, serve the non-Christians. Right. Yeah. Where do you guys come down on that? I don't know. Part of it is like it, it is your right as a as a business owner to refuse service to anyone, but at the same time, isn't it your responsibility as a Christian to love others? And then, like, is it just loving people, or is it condoning and, and supporting and sanctifying? That's the fine line. I know. That, it's that's the fine line. <laughs> like yeah. you said, I could go back and forth. Yeah forth all day part of me wants to lean toward like what you said like it's it's, it's, it's sugar, it's and, sugar flour. and flour I know. so like but then again cake. i like your um uh, illustration of using a photographer so if i'm a photographer and i'm gonna go there and i'm gonna immortalize really this yeah. way i mean the cake you eat the cake's gone but you're you're taking pictures of something that can last for a very long time yeah so are, are you there sanctifying mm-hmm. it it's a I, difficult i kind of go back and forth myself and yeah it's it's a slippery slope but then it like it's really slippery, but then it's like if you're a plumber, are you gonna are you gonna perform services? Yeah, I can't. Right. I can't clean your toilet because you're right. yeah. a homosexual. Yeah, you know yeah. I, mean? no, I know <laughs> that's I know that's you know an exaggeration, obviously. No, but right. I, it can, you know, it, it can definitely. Christians are called in the Bible to do good to all people, right? To yeah. honor all people, right? Yeah. Sure. Now, we can disagree with people about how they see what sexual morality is and what it is not, mm-hmm. but we have to do good to them regardless of what they believe. Mm-hmm. You know. So I would say the line right there. I mean, we should 
give all our you know services to yeah. everybody that would want them. To but me, it's like I just wish it didn't go to court. Why does yeah. this? Yeah. Why does this stuff always have to go to court? And it, to me, I just think like the gay couple there in Colorado, you couldn't find another baker. Like you can go down the street and say, uh, of course they could. They wanted to make they want to a make statement. a statement. Right. It's like, okay, well, you're taking your marriage, which is supposed to be sacred to you, which mm-hmm. is supposed to be a special day for you, and you're making it a huge public spectacle. Right. So what what is it then? Is it just making a spectacle or is it something that you I, value? <laughs> I, I think it's to accomplish something down the road. I mean, what if you know you perform weddings and, and you're forced? Yeah. Like you cannot perform weddings unless you perform them for everybody. Right. Yeah. And that again, the First Amendment clearly protects us in that regard. I mean, but that's as of what right the now, baker's saying. Yeah, that's, that's right. His There's a slippery slope we're and talking and about, and here we are. So it's in court. What do we got in the comments section? We got a we I'm got sure a, we got comments. A good yeah. question. Um, someone said, "I've always wondered this as a business owner because what about couples who sin otherwise? Yeah, are we choosing which sins we would serve as business owners? There right. you go. That's and that's, 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 that's another a great, that's yeah. great point. To me, that's like nail in the coffin. Yeah. Did this guy bake cakes? For the guy who is marrying his second wife, right. who was the result of adultery on his right. first wife. Right. Mm-hmm. And if you did, you have no moral ground here. <laughs> right. Yeah. So what we're saying is sin is sin is sin. Absolutely. You know? and, and again, it goes right back down to the Bible saying, look, do good to all people. Right. Yeah. I mean, love your neighbor. Love your neighbors. You love yourself. Yeah. Love I mean, your enemy. You know what I mean? Part of loving my neighbor as a Christian is being okay with what they believe that might contradict what I believe. Yeah. Yeah. You can't hold non believers to, to right. Christian standards. And yes, we're always saying that in this church. Yeah. yeah. And we don't yeah, judge true. those who are outside the church. No. Right. You can't, you can't hold them to the same belief system. That's a great question in the comments. Thank you for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Anybody else? The cake. Anybody else there, Daigle, in the comments? Uh, no, no questions. No. Yeah. Not yet. But Keep anyway. Them coming, though. Yeah. Definitely. Um, we could talk about that all day. The point again is though that we, because we're so politically divided, we're so polarized because we're all looking for our rights. I want the Christian Mm. baker wants his rights to be protected and the gay couple wants their rights to be recognized. And it's like, man, why, why don't we as the church start saying, wait, we'll, we will, uh, lay aside our supposed rights rights and privileges to serve you who disagree with us because we believe that God has freed us from having to be proven right yeah. in the court of public opinion. And Ooh, that'll preach right there. It's good. Mm. And the beauty of that is by doing something that maybe maybe the, the gay couple doesn't think that that baker will actually bake it. So bake it for them, and then you show them with a loving heart yeah. that maybe they're not... Okay, now here's now another problem, though. There was a... There was a recent example where a Christian went to a gay baker. This is so ridiculous. Oh, really? <laughs> a Christian went to a, bakey, a g- gay baker, gay baker yeah. and wanted them to bake a cake with Leviticus, whatever the passage is, a man shall not lie with so a man. So he did it on purpose. And so the gay baker said no. Okay. And the Christian tried to bring him to, to court, court and couldn't. And Nobody so would take the case. Nobody's going to take yeah, the case. Like, come on. Like, I think Christians have to understand that in that regard, in the in the court system and the legal system right now, the, it favors the gays over the Christians. It's just the nature of our culture right now. I right. mean, you know. But again, what gives the gay baker the right to deny the Christian like, the kind of cake they want? To I be mean, made? point taken, it's the same. You know, it's the same thing. Both of them should just both of them should just bake, bake the, cake. the cake. So, okay, here we go. Here's where I come down then. Christians, why don't you take the lead mm. on serving people who disagree with you? Right. To, yeah. to the glory of the name of Jesus. Yeah, just do good for your neighbor. Nobody is going to be one to Christ because we don't bake cakes. I think the right? only thing should be is if you are sinning or not sinning. Yeah. Am I sinning by baking this cake? Yeah, no. I would yeah. consider like me sanctifying a gay marriage as a Christian right. minister. Yes. I would consider that sin. Yeah. So I will not do that. Ever. Right. Even if the law and the Supreme Court says do it. And I got to go to jail. Well, we're behind. You. Write me many letters, Water Church people. But I'm not. I'm not going to. I'm not doing that. Yeah. And uh, you know that's where the line is going to be drawn. I'm sure around the country with all the Christian ministers yeah. out there. But again, we could talk about this forever. We got to get moving on here. <laughs> the big point again is that the church is called to be distinct from the world. And if we're fighting each other, like the world's fighting each other, we lose our testimony. Right. And so anyway, the second point that I think he makes here is this: the church has a higher identity in Christ. Did you notice that he said this in verse 2? I love this. Do you not know that the saints will judge the world? The saints will judge the world. So and we don't judge the world now, but we will judge the world in the end times. This is crazy. Mm-hmm. Some, some Christians aren't aware of this. And if the world is to be judged by you, are you not competent to try trivial cases? And then he says this in verse 3. Do you not know that we are to judge angels? So we're to judge in the future, mm-hmm. at the end days, 
of days, the Christian church, right? check this out, is going to judge two people, the lost, the world, and angels. And you say, where does Paul get that idea? Right. Like, is that really true? And yes, it is true. Jesus says in Matthew 19, 28, he says, you who have followed me will also sit on 12, tr- 12 thrones judging the tribes of Israel. Mm-hmm. And by that, he means the unbelieving tribes of Israel, the people who don't believe. Right. right. And so he's like, you will judge. Not now, but later. And then he said, and then another passage that Paul gets this from is from Daniel chapter seven, verse 22. Look at what it says here. Judgment was given for the saints of the most high God. Mm. And the time came when the saints possessed the kingdom and the kingdom and the dominion and the greatness of the kingdoms under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the most high. His kingdom shall be an everlasting kingdom and all dominions shall serve and obey him. And so the Bible is very clear, Christians, Mm. that you will one day judge the world and angels. I don't know how that's going to go down. Yeah. I can't, you know, describe it for you. <laughs> it's going to be like a billion thrones somewhere in some <laughs> very wide courtroom. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but I do know that this is what the scriptures teach. And you say, well, and I can hear it almost like the question might be, well, how, how could God call me a Christian, a lowly little Christian to judge the angels mm-hmm. and the world? Like, I don't have that. I'm not that smart. And I want to say to you that you obviously have forgotten what Paul has already said in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Mm-hmm. Because what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 about the church is, we have the mind of Christ. Right. Christian, do you understand who you are in Christ? You are called to a higher identity. You are called to a higher identity. That means, Christian, you are called to have the mind of Christ, the mind of God, to think like he thinks, to mm-hmm. see like he sees. You know, one of my prayers as a, as a, as a personal practice is, um, Every day I try to pray this prayer. Very simple prayer. God, help me to see as you see and do as you say. Good. Help me to see as you see and do as you say. I am called to have the mind of Christ. Here in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, he says, The natural person doesn't understand the things of God. They're foolish to him. They're spiritually discerned. But the spiritual person, the Christian, judges all things, but is not judged by anyone. For who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. We are called to a higher level of wisdom as Christians. So we don't judge through our own strength or through our own well, wants and desires. No, what I think he's saying here is it, this this time, this life is practice for okay. the next life. That's good, yeah. To be to be righteous and good judges okay. of the world and the angels. Yeah. And so, see, some Christians are happy to get to heaven and still be dumb as bricks. <laughs> That's not the call of the Christian. The call of the Christian is to grow in wisdom. Yeah. The call of the Christian to grow smarter and wiser as you grow older in Christ. This is what the book of Proverbs is for. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Right. But you don't stay at the beginning. You grow stronger and wiser and smarter. Um, the book of James is like the New Testament Proverbs. you know, And yeah. it's all about how to respond with wisdom to all these different scenarios and how to treat people and how to live wisely before the world Mm -hmm. so christian you are absolutely mandated by the scriptures to grow in wisdom and to grow in knowledge and to start seeing the world more and more and more and more the way god sees the world so that you can be an effective judge in the end times or in the next life or however that's going to go down i don't know Mm -hmm. pretty cool though yeah it is that's your higher calling in christ and then the third thing that paul says which is point three. The church is loaded with God-given resources. He says this in verse five. He says, I say this to your shame. Can it be that there is no one among you wise enough to settle a dispute between brothers? He says, look, don't go to foreign, or I'm sorry, faithless courts to solve these issues. You are the church. You are the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. And everybody listening, listen, there is limitation to human wisdom. There is no limitation to godly wisdom. Mm-hmm. humans see the world one way. Christians see the world a whole different way. And I think about this. This is the benefit of having a church that you belong to because a church is a tremendous resource in your life. Yeah, It is a resource because we are the people who are chosen by God to represent him and live for him. We are the people who are bought with the blood of Jesus. That means we're valuable. We are people who are filled with the Holy Spirit of God. That means that we are empowered to live a certain way mm-hmm. to bring Flourish, human flourishing and goodness to all people in the name of our Savior. And we are gifted by the Holy Spirit. We'll get to the gifts of the Holy Spirit someday in March, I'm mm. sure, in 1 Corinthians 12. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? We are gifted by the Holy Spirit. And so he's saying to the First Corinthian, to the church in Corinth in the first century, he's saying, do you realize how loaded the church is with these gifts? Right. And you're going to go to non 
spiritually minded, non-spiritually gifted people to solve your disputes. Mm -hmm. And I would like to say this to the people listening. When you have a problem, when you have a question you can't answer, when you have an issue with your marriage, your child, your life, your finances, who do you turn to first? Do you turn to non-believers first? That's that's just not right. Do you turn to worldly wisdom first? You're a Christian. Worldly wisdom is not going to work for a Christian. It will never work for a Christian. Mm. It's not made to work for a Christian. Right. Now, can the world be right about some things? Yes. But listen, go to some Christians and get their wise advice. This is why you should be in a small group. Mm-hmm. This yep. is why you should come talk to our elders, pastoral care director over here, hello. Chris McEwen. Hello. That's why you are here. To help people talk some things out. Sure. This is why we have financial peace. Don't mm. take financial advice from CNBC. Right. Take yeah. advice from godly people right. who know how to handle money. Yep. Because money is a good thing. It's not an evil thing. It's a good thing from God. You need to learn how to manage it mm. according to God's ways, not the world's ways. Last first Wednesday, I said, Google is God today. Yeah, yeah. Google is God to many people because that's the first place we go to to find our answers. It's so true. Though. It shouldn't be the first place. The word of God should be the first place. Yeah. Did you have a question? Yeah. Someone asked a question that's kind of in this vein, so I wanted to uh, put it out there. Someone said, uh, the Bible says to love your neighbor um, as you love yourself, but you shovel their walkway, you bring their trash barrels into the yard, you pray for them, but still to this day, they bash you and try to take the bad out of you. Good. And all you do is good for them. Where do you draw the line of being a respectful Christian? Just uh, okay. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, there, is, there is the call on, on Christians to do good for people who hate Christ. Mm-hmm. There is not the call of Christians to be um, punching bags. Yeah. Okay. Uh, to not be used and abused with no visible you know, gratitude on the part of those who don't believe. Sure. Mm-hmm. So... Um, at some point you stop. I, I really do say, yeah, I, I yeah. think that at some point you say, okay, you know, even Jesus said this in the gospels. He said, if, the, if you go to a town and they won't listen to you yeah. and they won't hear the gospel, you shake the dust off your feet and you say, your blood be on your own heads and yeah. you walk away. Yeah. In the Sermon on the Mount, he says, don't give to dogs what is sacred. Mm. Don't cast your pearls before swine. swine. And what he's saying there is, at some point, you got to stop wasting your time with people who will not listen. That's yeah. good. Because there are so many other people who will listen. Right. And your resources are valuable. Your time is valuable. Your shoveling yeah. the driveway is valuable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Shovel the driveway of somebody else. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, maybe they'll respond. And maybe they'll respond. Yeah. Because again, yeah, you're not called to be a Christian punching bag. No, I hate that sure. theology. Yeah. I don't agree with that at all. People no. take that that text, um, if someone punches you or slaps you on the cheek, turn him to turn to him the other. They don't realize the original context of that statement. That was a Roman law that a, a Roman centurion could smack you, could smack a Jew across the face by law without any retribution. Mm-hmm. That okay. was the law of the day. Yeah, and he says, "Listen, this is how you this is how you fight against unjust laws. Turn to him the other and show him that you're not, you know, you're not going to let his degradation of you be the defining characteristic of your life." Mm-hmm. Right. Basically, that's what Paul, uh, what Jesus is saying there. Yeah, that is not then therefore transferred to twenty tr- transferred to twenty first century Christianity, where you tell your little boy to go to school, get beat up every day by the same kid, yeah, and no. say, "Oh, that's suffering for Jesus." No, 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 you tell your kid go back there and punch his lights out. Yeah. <laughs> in the name of Jesus. Absolutely. I mean, enough is enough. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, again, you're not called to be a Christian punching bag, and I hate that theology, yeah. and, and it's absolutely to be rejected. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I hope that answers that question. Yeah, I agree. 100%. I get fired up about that. <laughs> yeah. Just hope uh, Jake and Connor aren't watching right now. <laughs> yeah. So. You don't go and pick the fight, but I mean, after a while, you defend yourself. Yeah. yeah um, okay, anyway. The, fir- the fourth point that Paul shares from this text is the church is called to be distinct from the world. Mm. Now, that is a repeat of point one, if you were paying attention. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just, it's so important to get it that I had to put it in twice. Are you taking notes? So, <laughs> Paul, okay. I have them all listed at the end. Okay, great. Paul says to have lawsuits with one another is a defeat for you. He says, why not rather suffer wrong? Why not rather be defrauded? Again, by a believer. Right. So why not let a believer, you know, take you know, advantage of you in one certain instance. I mean, really, is it that important? Are you holding on to this life so tightly that you have to have everything go your way all the time? Mm -hmm. You've got to learn that this life is not the last life. You're going to live Christian. Mm -hmm. 
you're going to die and you're going to be risen to new life and you're going to have a brand new chance (laughs) Mm. with a brand new world and you will not even think about the little injustices that you suffered here on this earth. So take that to the bank. You're called to be different. We don't live for this life. We don't live just for today as Christians. We live regarding eternity and the future that we know. That's good. We have got to close this podcast up, but I'm going to just touch on this passage here. 1 Corinthians 6, 9. Do you not know, because he kind of like, again, um, lumps them all into one big category here. He says, do not do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. The sexual moral, sexually immoral, idolaters, adulterers, homosexuals, thieves, greedy, drunkards, revilers, swindlers will not inherit the kingdom of God. And then that line, he says, and such were some of you. So he's talking about, again, identity. Right. Now, a very touchy issue here again. We've talked about it already in this podcast, but homosexuality. Mm-hmm. It's amazing how homosexuality has become an identity right. mm-hmm. in 21st century America. Yep. Yeah, even in Greece, where ancient Greece, where it was practiced widely. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was not considered their identity. <laughs> but today, because we are so removed from the gospel truth today, we are mm-hmm. looking for identity in anything. Any, yeah. And so we will even look at for identity in our sexual proclivities, mm-hmm. our sexual desires which makes bisexuals bipolar. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I hate to say it, but it's true. Which are you? What are you? By I mean, de- definition, sure. Yeah, yeah. so anyway, <laughs> that was probably insensitive. I'm sorry to <laughs> bisexual people out there. But I'm just trying to tell you that what Paul is saying in this passage is you are not defined by your desires anymore. Right. You are not defined by your proclivities toward same-sex relations or, and not just that one, any sexual morality mm-hmm. or uh, stealing or being greedy or being a drunkard. Right. You're not defined by these things. Again, even alcoholics, they say, I'm an yeah. alcoholic. That's their definition. That's their identity. No, it is not. Yeah. Not in Christ Jesus. You are not defined by what you desire if you are in Christ Jesus. So you says, always say, we're always, re- all of us are recovering from something. All of us yeah. are recovering from something. In yeah. verse 11, he says, and such were mm. identity, some of you, past identity. You were, but. He finishes this passage off by saying, but you were washed, you were sanctified. That means set apart for God's purposes. And then this fabulous line, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the spirit of our God. And let me just talk about that word, you were justified, because every person on the planet Mm. is looking for justification. It's so true. Yeah. And it's, I will be the first to confess, not everybody's looking for justification before God. Right. They are looking for justification before their neighbors, Mm -hmm. before their high school friends, before their college friends, before their, you know, co-workers in the same industry. And so this is why we work so hard to make a name for ourselves, to live up to some standard, because we want to find some form of emotional, mental you know, or societal justification. Mm. The word justification in uh, Greek is diakonos. It's also translated righteousness in other passages, but it's just, it's referring to being declared right. Yeah, everyone wants to be yeah. right. So, you, you know, if you come from one of those high-performing, you know, um, scholastic families, they would say, well, you know, if you're going to be part of this family, you're going to have a master's degree, and we will not consider you right mm. until you have a master's degree. Mm. What is that? It's just another form of justification. Right. And what Paul is saying to every person that is in Christ is, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ by the Spirit of God before your Father in heaven. You do not need to seek the justification of anybody else anymore. You don't. Good. This is the freedom that is ours in Christ Jesus. Remember yeah. when Jesus says, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free? Yeah. This is what he's talking about. Freedom, yeah. I don't need to perform for you. We talked about this on Sunday. I don't need to perform for you. I don't need you to think I'm awesome. I don't think you, I don't think, I don't need you to think that I have my act 100% together. I don't have to put on a front. I don't have to wear the mask. Why? Because I know who I am in Christ. Yeah. And who I am in Christ is settled and finished at the cross 2,000 years ago permanently. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. Hope that yeah, helps. That's good. You know, so wrapping the message up today, wrapping this talk up summary, the church is called again to be distinct from the world. Don't act like non-believers. Don't freak out if your property is, you know, you know, uh, in jeopardy because somebody took advantage of you one time or whatever. Mm. The church has a higher identity in Christ. Don't you realize that you're going to judge angels one day, Christian? Mm-hmm. Let the Holy Spirit lead you and guide you and grow you in wisdom so that you're ready for that moment. Don't be satisfied to go to heaven being as dumb as a brick. 
right? <laughs> Number three, the church is loaded with God-given resources, which means that the church is the place that you should go to if you got a problem. Seriously. I am sure that the people still today on our weekend experience, they come to church every weekend, they leave. They never come to prayer at the right, front. Yeah. With this, you, you come to church with a problem, you leave with the same problem. Yeah. Why not come up and get prayer and we'll yeah. pray for you? You know, we've had so many people recently. So many miracles. Talk about the miracles that have happened yeah. just through the prayer at the altar. So true. I, I could go on for 10 minutes. With, Do you have a quick one? A quick one yeah. just happened last night. There was a, a girl that went to a small group for the first time and her, yeah, I won't use any names, but her little daughter who was six years old has been telling her mother that she's been having, been attacked every night in her, in her dreams. She mm. just has a horrible night. So they all prayed for her, her the night before. This morning, the mother asked the little girl, you know, how she was doing. And she said, I don't remember my dream last night, but I woke up in such a great mood. I'm happy. I mm. know, you know, I had a wonderful night. Uh, my dreams are, are good now, not bad. So. Uh, a small little thing. Yeah. But you guys prayed over a lady too that couldn't walk out of the church one day. Oh, yeah. You want a big one. Yeah. There was a lady <laughs> that couldn't story. walk and it couldn't walk, had a hole in her spine, was told that she wouldn't. And, oh, are you talking about the, I was thinking of the old lady, the one that couldn't leave the church. We had yeah. to call an ambulance because she couldn't walk. Um, some elders and, you know, we prayed over her and she got up. And she she got up out. and walked out. She picked up her mat and she left. And yeah. I think she's been back ever. I think she's been back since that time. Yeah. I mean, that's just like, there are miracles available to you, Christians. Yeah. But again, receive the prayer. Yeah. Miracles, and I think a lot of Christians think like this: miracles do not fall out of the sky like somehow. Ooh, I ran into a miracle. Ask, <laughs> ask and miracles you shall receive. come through the church. Yeah, the laying on of hands, the healing of the sick, the mm. you know casting out demons, casting out spirits that are attacking you. Come to prayer mm. at the church, and we will pray victory into your life. Yeah, yeah, amen. That's the power of the church. I love the church. You should too. I hope you had a good time with us here on Facebook Live and in the podcast. This was The Deep End. Thanks for joining us for this week's Deep End Podcast. We pray that you continue to grow in your faith and that you would serve and support your local church. If you don't already have a church home, we invite you to join us this weekend at Waters Church. We are located at 57 John Deach Square in North Attleboro, Massachusetts. And you can join us every Saturday at 4 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 9.30 and 11.30 a.m. Make sure to stay tuned in for next week's episode of The Deep End Podcast.